are now listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. share that image i'm gonna die in seven days if i don't share that image so you, i'm current i'm currently looking for black Roy. need another drink what you got there some trulies you've ripping and gripping them trulies <laughs> gripping and ripping a bishop cider Ding. a bishop Here. cider i got one look there's a palate cleanser for you and guys one right good there. and gather god <laughs> so you get to guess which one i'm drinking <laughs> that's the game we're playing tonight your point, well, your, now your, I'm your... ruined because I'm having to look at this image and think about what you're drinking at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, imagine imagine me looking at that image, drinking a cucumber mint good and gather. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess nightmare. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happens when Mickey Mouse goes public domain. I mean, you start getting stuff like that. Is that one allowed, though? I thought only the Steamboat Willie one was allowed. Oh, only the Steamboat Willie one is allowed, but people don't care. I mean, look at everything that's come out since it's, it's since January 1st. With I mean, Mickey, Mickey, Mouse. Mickey Mouse porn, Oof. it's existed before it went public domain. Before like, it became legal. Yeah, that's true. That's, I mean, all of this is not new. They, the only difference is they can make a movie for it now. That's, Which they've had. They, we, got, we got two movies and a video game lined up already. So, And, and plus also the news that Mickey Mouse is joining uh, the sequel to Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Listen, Aquafina is going to have a great year, okay? <laughs> I really hope they just let her rip this time around. Doesn't really let her Shang-Chi. Muted Aquafina. If you're gonna let her, if you're gonna let her be Steamboat Willie, let it go, baby. Just take the limiters off. bitches. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just full queens. Just bush out. Let's go. Bush out. (laughs) On that note, on that note, welcome to Cult Cinema Catacombs, folks. Uh, Yeah, sure. Three and a half minutes in. Three and a half minutes, and welcome to 2024. Dear God, this year just started, and already we got so much shit that's happened. So I um, do, I was off screen looking for that episode of Lingo, and I didn't look at your Mickey Mouse image, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened to Burning Man this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, what are your New Year's resolutions for this year? I don't have any, actually. I didn't make any New Year's resolutions. You don't have any? No, I didn't make any. What about you, Courtney? You got any? Well, normally we do a big cooking theme. Uh, We've done it since, geez, 2016. We've had some sort of a theme that's gotten progressively more difficult. Uh, But this year we haven't been able to think of much besides get good at bread has been kind of the only one sure. uh, that's really come up. And that's not something I can do every week. I can make 52 loaves of bread this week. Right? <laughs> I mean, or you're not year. Jesus. That's not. Um, 
that's not a, an attainable uh, thing. But I'm gonna try to get good at bread. I guess is my closest thing okay. to the New Year's. I got it. I I got an idea. Okay. Oh no. Oh no. Can can it boba? Can it boba? That's not bad. Just fill a cart up with tapioca and let's go. Fill the yeah. tub up. <laughs> yeah. Tub up. Fill the tub up. Yeah. Well, get, you know, get yourself get yourself one of those walk-in tubs and boba it up, baby. <laughs> with the door with the 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 suicide door. Mm-hmm. I want a tub with a suicide. I've got one that maybe you guys want to do with me. I'm excited. Okay. Yeah, and it's so I, I want you to understand this is not just quantitative. Okay, this is qualitative as well. Okay. So, so really, like, set smart goals for yourselves. Uh, you know, we can be accountability partners, but and I know we already do this. We already make this happen, right? But I think we can take it to the next level if we really work on it. I think we should make some more noise for the Vango Boys this year. I love that. Yeah, we already make noise every day for the Vega Boys. Hey, why not? If Murder on the Dance Floor can get back to the Billboard Top 10 thanks to Saltburn, then we can... Is that why? I haven't yes. Yet. Yeah, I it's going to break your brain. And, oh, and, you're not going to hear it. that song the same way ever yeah. again and once we, you watch the movie. We host this show, <laughs> and that movie is going to destroy you. You will oh, never look at Barry Keegan you. the same. You won't be able to watch The Eternals ever again. That movie's going to fuck you up. I mean, is, Jesus. Is Saltburn the most famous cult cinema we've ever seen? It sounds like it's perfect for the show. It's the most jacked up, like, I think, like, non-horror, non-like Cronenberg. Like, it's the most jacked up movie, like, popular movie I've seen in a long time. I'm excited about it. Uh, we just haven't had the time. Uh, I I loved Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman was the movie, after we saw it, the next several times we had people over, we would mention the movie, and they'd say, oh, I haven't seen it. And we would stop everything we were doing and force our friend to watch this depressing well, movie. I don't to, know if to, you're going to do that with this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to reinforce Courtney's point, the last time I saw her in person – it had been three years since I'd seen her prior. Um, and one of the first things she said to me is, have you seen Promising Young Woman? <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> and it just came out. <laughs> like I was, I was being introduced to her, to her family, to her new, the newest member of her family. Two sentences into that. Oh my God. Have you seen Promising Young Woman? <laughs> Listen, Dot was a baby. She wasn't that interesting yet. Now she has a personality. We'd have a conversation yeah, well, we with her. Know. But at the time, it was like, yeah, <laughs> here she is. Do not let Dot watch Salt Oh, let her watch it. Let <laughs> her watch it. What's it going to do? What's What's the worst that could happen <laughs> if you well, let her watch Salt I, I don't know if after watching the movie that Courtney is going to want Dot coming up and saying things like, lucky for you, I'm a vampire. Well, <laughs> I think what we do is the so we do this over two days. The first day you have Dot watch Cruel Intentions. Okay. Once she's taken in <laughs> Cruel Intentions, then you show her Saltburn. Right. Once she's well, had right. a chance Let's... to internalize Ryan Philippe, <laughs> you <laughs> then let her watch Saltburn. Oh, maybe, to... maybe teaching Miss Mister Mrs Mister Tingle as well as like oh, an this... aperitif. 
No, this is actually the best way to do it. You have to start off with Cruel Intentions day one. Day two is the talented Mr. Ripley. That's the one I was looking for. Thank then, you. Then you watch Saltburn, and then you watch Teaching Mrs. Tingle as a sorbet to cleanse the palate. I yes. see. Yeah. This and is then a heck maybe, of a weekend. Maybe Crash at the end, just to round it out. <laughs> just to kind of smooth it out the rough edges. <laughs> Which crash are we talking about? The oh, you know the crash, crash I'm talking or, about. Or the one oh, that didn't know. deserve the Oscar. Oh, you know the one the I'm one talking that about. The Oscar. <laughs> you know. I'm only talking about one crash. The one what, what what was the other so there was there was the 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 weird crash, the not weird crash. The not weird crash is about drugs. Right? Anybody? It, 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 it's a it's a movie that's trying to fix racism and horribly fails. Uh, they okay. solved it. Come what on. Was, what was the one that was based in Cincinnati? It, w- it was the one with Martin Sheen in it. Um, it had it was another one of the ones with movies with two names, and I can't think of what it is now. But it was a drug movie, and it, it had, part of it's filmed in Cincinnati. That's all I got. I'm not really all making right. It right now. Listen, but we should make some more noise for the Vanga Boys this I year. I want to make more noise for the Vanga Boys. It fits perfectly into my theme for the year. It is 2020 Roar. We are reaching <laughs> the cats of Shambhala. Metaphorically. A great time. Although I will send you a picture of my hand, and I'm pretty sure literally it it is it has happened to me this year already. So speaking speaking of the land of Shambhala, next month we're going to be doing the second annual um, Rubenstein Awards, and <laughs> I I think it's pretty safe to say probably we're going to see Roar appear a couple of times. Yeah, because it's only the, it's only the it's only the one year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, I'm sure Roy, Roy will show up. <laughs> oh, it's one of our heavy hitters for sure. Yeah, it was Oscar bait. It was Rubenstein bait for sure. Mm-hmm. That that one and Boom is uh, Boom yeah. definitely. Then yeah. the Rubies. <laughs> well, the movie that we're going to be watching on this episode originally, I was going to have you guys watch True Crime with Alicia Silverstone, and suddenly it's disappeared. So I was like, okay, fine. I got to choose another movie. Well, Alicia didn't want a 4K release of it, so she pulled it so that we couldn't watch it. And thus initiating a, a Rube Goldbergian effect where it ends up getting released on a three-disc set with a poster and some enamel pins. So you're welcome. So we'll welcome. do it next year is what you're saying? You're welcome, yeah. Clueless. Yeah. <laughs> However, I did find this one, and someone uploaded this onto YouTube. And I actually own this movie on Blu-ray in in a box set that came out about um, the filmmaking company Amicus, which was, I guess you could say, a competition uh, company against uh, Hammer Horror. And I was like, oh, this would be a good one for us to do. It is a gothic yes. horror film called yes. and, and Now the Screaming Starts. Good. Hey! <laughs> Which is the other name, the, the subtitle for our show. Yes. <laughs> yes. The screaming now, Starts, a cult get, cinema podcast. Yes. Get get ready for the cast. Ready? Uh, let's open the door so I can see you. <laughs> Love her. God, she's our mascot. She's our mascot so hard. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think she got in trouble for it. I didn't get her in trouble. I love you, Dot. Let her cook. <laughs> Let her cook. Let her cook. Let her open I don't know the- if you, uh, did you hear what she said? She oh, said, I open the door so I could see you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Great, great. That's, That's staying it. in the show. There's no, no no editing. That's staying in the show. She's the mascot. She's our show mascot, 100%. <laughs> I love Just it. I love her. I can't wait till her first episode. <laughs> Pure gremlin <laughs> chaos energy coming out of that kid at all times. It is fantastic. Oh, absolutely. She's a monster, and I love it. Okay, uh, so back to your not hammer horror movie. So here's the cast. Ready? Yeah. We have Peter Cushing. Good. We have Herbert Lom. Okay. We have Patrick McGee. Okay. And Stephanie Beecham. Stephanie Beecham. Yes. Okay. All names, for sure. <laughs> we know. Courtney, we're trying to pull you into this. You'll I'm know trying. the names. You'll know the names. Yeah. I'm going to make enough. you watch the Asphyx next, so brace yourself. Oh, boy. Yeah. What we'll have to do in order for her to understand who Stephanie Beecham is, is we're going to have to show her Dynasty uh, uh, Clockwork Orange style for her to understand who Stephanie Beecham is. Just on 3.5 speed, just... <laughs> Every every scene where she's fighting with Alexis, that's all we're going to show her is just those I, scenes. Now I kind of want to watch Dynasty on 3.5 speed. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's fun. I bet you it is. I do. I do want to tell you this, and I shouldn't. Okay, but in my, I have a list of, um, content for this show that I build, and in that list there is at least one soap opera. <laughs> So awesome. just be ready. <laughs> I actually I actually just banked my first thing for the show. I can't tell you anything about it, but when the right theme comes along, I'm going to play this card, and I'm very excited about it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Welcome to our world. I did it. <laughs> All right, Roy. Roy's gotten many text messages from me that say, I found something for the show. I can't tell you what it is. Oh, but yeah. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> All right, so what is this about? So this movie is about 91 minutes long. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, never gets old. That joke <laughs> never gets old. God damn. Uh, this, this movie was released in 1973. And, oh, half a century old. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was filmed in Oakley Court, which is a four-star restaurant, a vic- uh, uh, restaurant now. It is a Victorian Gothic country home, and it is about um, this woman in in 1795 who moves into a family estate and has terrifying visions of an undead corpse with a heavily birthmarked face, empty <laughs> eye sockets, and a severed right hand and a severed right hand. And how this severed hand in and this vision of this thing is just this is like the most generic plot description I can give, by the way, without giving away any spoilers. Um, pretty wild. I already yeah. have a question. Yeah, I got three. <laughs> just from the description. Just alone. from this, yeah. Yeah. But uh that's 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 the most I can give away without giving away any spoilers so okay so you probably can't answer my question but how does she know their birthmarks and not death yeah oh um yeah i can't answer that (laughs) yeah are they are they has she had them checked out oh the birthmarks are not (laughs) are they benign no no but i mean has she had has she taken this corpse to the 
doctor. Like, to have they been... to make sure... Oh, no, she, she only sees the corpse. No one else sees the corpse. Oh. And thus, so we why no now the screaming... This corpse has cancer. Yeah, so that's why now the screaming starts. Oh, okay. He tells her. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, I just... I, I, I unintentionally gendered the corpse. I don't know the gender of this corpse. <laughs> it's a he. Oh, just it shows uh, up in her dreams. He all, shows up. Okay. Yeah, it's he. It's a he. That's a he move. Listen, then, I have and, not seen the film. <laughs> and then also, you'll love the fact that this was again. This movie was made in 1973, and it has the grand budget of five hundred thousand dollars. That's like seven hundred million dollars in today. <laughs> <laughs> you could buy a Learjet for that amount. They could make a Fast and Furious movie with what they had. They did. <laughs> they did. Uh, the director of this movie slow, is. Though. <laughs> the, the director of this movie is Roy Ward Baker. Uh, some of the other movies that he's known for that he directed were uh, Don't Bother to Knock, starring Marilyn Monroe. Okay. Uh, he also directed The Scars of Dracula with Christopher Lee, The Vampire Those Lovers. Dracula scars. <laughs> <laughs> They're emotional scars. Yes. Stephanie Meyer told me that everything goes away when you become a vampire, including problematically all of your melanin. Yeah, but the but that you internalize all that. You saw Edward. I I did. You see. saw the the two jumpsuits that I sent to our group chat today. That's the scar. <laughs> he keeps me safe. No, the scars is the twinkling. Yeah, yes, there you go. The, the scars. The scars the out. Uh, he also directed. Um, the movies Asylum and The Vault of Horror for Amicus. He directed the Betty Davis movie. The Wait, Asylum was an Amicus movie? From 1972, yep. Okay. Uh, the Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, he directed in 1974. And he also directed episodes of The Avengers. Oh, the the TV show. Yeah, the yeah the, the British TV show. Yeah. Okay. So, I like the director's, so the director's done some shit. I, I, I am I am into this. It's I love gothic horror movies. They're like my, one of my favorite subgenres of horror. So I am way into this. So Amicus and Hammer were definitely deep into them when they weren't doing anthology movies. So this is <laughs> so this is this is going to be one for you for sure. All right. I if love there it. Ever, if there ever was a gothic horror movie that gothic horrored, this is definitely it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it crimson peaks. She's yes, gothic and whoring around. That's right. <laughs> yes, I, I am that. trying to get to a Peter Skarsgård joke with the scars and internalizing them with the vampires, and I just can't get okay, there. We'll right get there. Now. I might come back when we record part two. And say, by really the end of part one. two, we're gonna nail this one down. Yeah. <laughs> it cracked this walnut good. <laughs> 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 fantastic wow fantastic stuff's happening in there uh yeah <laughs> on, on well, that on that note we're gonna break away now and watch the gothic horror that's a good idea you know especially since now the screaming has started in the background <laughs> now yeah. So, yeah so we'll be right back folks after we watch and now the screening starts it all began with a curse a curse from the grave. The evil you did this day will be avenged. A curse of the dead hand. 
the dead hand that lives. And now, the screaming starts. For them. And for you. Hi there, fun seekers. Are you looking for cinema that is absolutely 100% independently made, but also extremely unique and outside of the box? Well, look no further than Troma Pictures and the Troma Now streaming service. Watch.troma.com is your home for everything from Lloyd Kaufman and his band of very fun individuals. Everything from the Toxic Avenger and beyond at your fingertips. Only $4.99 a month, but your first 30 days are free. Did I say free? Yes, they're free. So what are you waiting for? Go to watch.troma.com and sign up. Also available on your Apple and Android devices, on the Roku stick, and also on the Fire Stick. Let's get freaky. That's oh, all there God. is to it. It's worth it's worth the eight dollars it's going to cost me to have you guys rent this. Can't wait. Uh, so we're doing my concert now, right? Yeah. My Tom Waits concert. Yeah. Yes, we're doing the Tom Waits concert for you. I'm playing all the hits, you guys. I, I, yeah, I love you have how a, a tambourine made of an old orangutan skull and uh, just some sheet metal. We're playing Zydeco. I'm playing songs you have never heard of. You've never heard Zydeco the <laughs> are, way are, that are, you're are going to you play s- it. Are you singing into a microphone through a megaphone? Yes. From, are you singing I'm, into a megaphone from a microphone? I'm 30 feet away from the microphone, but there's a line of just like tubes and megaphones and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the way you have to do it. Yeah, you have to sing through, to be out walking in the streets. You have to be singing through a string of old Christmas bubble lights that might set your house on fire. <laughs> 60 exactly. feet from an amplifier. Uh, but it's not COVID, so got that going for me. <laughs> we'd have death, like nothing. Two, we have dueling fire steams on this show. Truly, it would be great. Truly. Can we talk about something? Can we can we take it to the taffy pit for a second, y'all? Oh yeah, we're going straight into the taffy pit. Where's the theme right. song from Roar? <laughs> Roy's Roy's dead. I think Roy died. Roy's no longer with us. Welcome He's to Cult Cinema Catacombs. Oh, I'm Jay yeah. Alex. This is Andrew mute. Farmer. That's why. So <laughs> with Tom Waits and Andrew Farmer. Um, <laughs> no, so um. We all love game shows here, right? Yes. Like I think it's safe to say that that is a that is a something that we like. Um, Absolutely. At at midnight is back. They're calling it after midnight. I'm sure so they can cuss, um, which is good uh, for them. Whatever. It's good. I'm glad it's back on. It, it is. I think I've told you both. It is my Roman Empire. <laughs> that show. I love it. I'm so happy it's back. I just I just want to say that the notion I, I mean, I haven't seen the second episode yet, but I've seen the first episode. And I just want to say that the notion of Whitney Cummings being a mother is scary. <laughs> That's terrifying. Very, very smart to have Whitney Cummings on the first episode, because mm-hmm. I think the big fear is it's on national TV. They're not going to be able to get away with the stuff they got away with on Comedy Central. And they still might not. It still might be a little sanitized. 
But Whitney Cummings on the first episode and a guy fingering a chicken on a 13-foot screen. <laughs> oh, um, boy, that, that was tough. That allayed <laughs> some of my fears, I think. I think I feel better about the possibility now. The, the I, fact that they let her get away with what she said on that show and showed yeah. that video, yeah, I was like, okay, this is going to be great. I love the host. She's phenomenal. Oh, she's awesome. Right? She's fantastic. Uh, she's absolutely phenomenal. And I, lo- I love the fact that they have decided – that they are going to incorporate TikTok into the show because God knows Smart. there are so yeah. many videos out there in TikTok that they need to comment on. Uh, so, yeah, I'm absolutely happy it's back. Yeah, but that's not what I wanted to talk about, though. Oh, did you want to talk about the floor? No, I mean, the floor is great, I mean, too. If you guys haven't seen the floor. We can talk about the floor. Yeah, no, that's not what I want to talk about either. I wanted to talk about the wall. Have you <laughs> seen the wall? This show that they call The Wall, have you seen it? Not That's yet. That's the one that is basically the floor but sideways, right? No, no. Oh, okay. I can't. I'm going to try to do this for you. Um, <laughs> this is going to be very difficult because I don't understand what it is. So the concept is easy enough. Let's say two of us, pick your two, pick your fighters, go on a show that's hosted by Chris Hardwick. No matter how unsupportable oh, he is, he's well, on the show. Let's let's say he's on the show. You are going to answer some trivia questions. If you get them right, you get to drop a ball down the Plinko machine, and wherever it lands, that's how much money you get. Oh, it's just big Plinko? E, yes. But... And this is where I'm going to try to explain why I think this might be some sort of ritualistic right-hand path magic. <laughs> okay. Like, huh. like long casting. So they bring out a couple, and it's always going to be two people, and they're always going to have some sort of charitable um, organization, or they do good work in the community, or something. Okay? So it's always a heartwarming thing, because they can win, okay. like, $2 million dollars on this show oh a so it's like money. best story yeah stopped. yeah there's no audience okay nobody no there's a audience. giant wall a giant wall chris hardwick and two people and that's it so I, listen you're going to want to when i'm done explaining this you're going to want to watch it i almost want to do it for the show because it is so bizarre so they bring these people out. They tell their stories. One this season, you had a couple making candles for the Ukraine. You had it was weird. Wait, okay. Like, why selling, are they making candles for so, Ukraine? They were selling these Ukraine candles and then giving all the proceeds to. Oh, okay. To I thought, which is fine. I thought the candles were going to Ukraine, and I was like, why? So, you know, so, that's what they're going to use to fight Russia. Now, what the what they do now? is immediately you get to just drop some balls for money apropos of nothing let's just build okay. your bank dropping some balls right okay dropping some balls you pick your position of the balls they drop those balls then what happens is they take one person in the two-person team and put them in an isolation booth that person so the person not in the isolation booth the contestant will see answers to a theoretical trivia question and they have to make a wager based on whether this person is going to answer them correctly. 
Okay. Okay. Once that is done, they start dropping balls based on those wagers into this giant tube. Now, this is all just kind of standard shit. This isn't even the weird part, right? At the end, they send a devil's contract <laughs> to the. Oh. Just it's a, they call it a contract. They so the person in the booth does not know how much money the person on the outside has won. There is a guaranteed amount of money based on the first ball drops that you have. They send a contract. So if Courtney was in the booth and I was outside dropping balls, they would send a, a contract to Courtney saying, "This is how much money you have guaranteed. You can either sign this contract and get that money, or you can rip it up and get the money that you won off the wall." So, oh my God! So, if you're sitting on two million dollars or or a thousand, a million five hundred, five thousand, or five hundred thousand dollars outside of the the isolation booth, and you're guaranteed two hundred thousand dollars, and you sign that contract, you just lost all that money. But you don't know because you're in the isolation booth. I I would simply die of anxiety. So, <laughs> then they come out once they've decided what they're going to do with the contract. Nothing is revealed. They come out. And you reveal whether they sign the contract or they get the money from the wall, the end. That's the show. Now, here's the weird shit that happens during the show. Every ball that they drop, they have to, in a soliloquist fashion, dedicate it to someone in their life. I'm dropping this ball for my mother, who always supported me. There's no audience. They are strictly talking to for? strictly talking to Chris Hardwick. About Chris these Hardwick, people. I need you to know about my great yes. aunt. And the, I'm sorry, there are two people in the audience, two people that you brought, mom and dad, husband, sister-in-law, whatever it is, is there. With someone but you could monologue to when you're about to drop the ball. But they aren't. They're monologuing to the wall. They're making an offering to the wall while they're doing this. So they're dropping oh, these balls how- into like... This one is, is is dedicated to my fifth grade art teacher who told me that I could I could make this into my career. Yeah, like, and they're just dropping balls, okay? That's the one of the weird things. To no one. They're not saying this to, to anyone. Then, once all the money has been generated, and we know how much is on the wall, and we know how much is guaranteed, and the decision is going to be made, they take, if it's Courtney in the booth, and I'm outside, the entire wall, which I shit you not, is like a three-story wall. They take a picture from the they, – they take the, the camera from the inside of the isolation booth and put it on the wall. Then it becomes my job to convince you of what the right thing to do is, okay? Like okay. I'm convincing Courtney, but you can't hear me or see me. It's just you in a booth. And me praying to you that you either sign or rip up this contract. You can't hear me. This is like a five-minute thing that happens. What the actual fuck? This is happening, okay? This is real seriously what's happening. It seems like there's so much going on in this show that they wouldn't have to do all of this extra ritual in order to fill 42 minutes. No, is, it, is, they, is this because of the fact that Chris Hardwick was yes. in House of a Thousand Corpses? <laughs> he's, he's atoning, yeah. I, and then, once that is done, and the contract is dealt with, and then Courtney comes out to me, Courtney then has to justify, before I know whether Courtney has signed or ripped up this contract, before, before Courtney knows how much money 
she's either going to have or not have based on signing or not signing this contract. Then has to justify her decision like um, like like a one to one aside in a play where there's just a spotlight. Chris Hardwick is standing to the left. Whoever the two people are down there, and there is no audience, but they pipe in audience noises. That's oh, weird. Jesus. And you have to. I made this decision because I know that you're a risk taker, and I know how much you know. And you have to like justify this decision. Then they reveal it, and then the show ends. No, it is the most insane game show I have ever seen in my life. Ever this is, in my this, life. This, this show is designed to thin the herd, is what it sounds like to me. Watch it. Find an episode of it. Watch it. It is the most unhinged thing I've ever, ever seen. I don't know if I want to watch it because I'll probably wind up throwing a shoe at my television and knocking it off of my counter. I, I want I want to understand it. I want to understand what it is, but that's it. I wanted to talk okay. about it because it lives inside of my brain now. No, it's it's fair. We we each got an uninterrupted rant. Now we've all had one. I had one about Halloween. We all had one about Exorcist Believer, and now you have one about the Wall. Yes, we've all done it. Now the watch, mic turns over. Roy, you get the next rant. Watch After Midnight. Watch the floor. Watch whatever, but but be careful watching the Wall because I'm pretty sure you're feeding into some kind of mass ritual. Something's um, gonna come back. Yeah, yeah, something's happening in this in this thing. Yeah, the, the, we're 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 feeding Chris Hardwick our souls is what we're doing. Yeah. He's yeah. getting larger. He's getting larger and he's feeding the ketchup gods in his <laughs> wife's family all of this energy. And eventually the ketchup lord's going to erupt from the earth and take us all. <laughs> and then and then that's when the Fanta girls will come back. Yes, that's what this is about. Well, this is all they're the about only ones the Fanta that can girls. save us. What Speaking are we doing? Of, <laughs> what 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 the Fanta girls doing? Why them why them Fanta girls back? Uh Speaking of ritualistic magic, what are we watching tonight? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Transition after sixteen minutes. And now the screaming starts because yeah, because ABC baby. I went from I went from at midnight with Chris Hardwick to the wall, and then right in at when the scream when the screaming starts. I'm a I professional. Because yeah, the the whole notion of like ritualistic demon sex is a plot point for this movie. For, okay. Well, kind of, but also is they really spend a lot of time not talking about it. <laughs> yeah. This is probably the most British movie we've ever seen on this show because I, I'm, I'm watching it. It's been a long time since I've seen it and I'm watching it and I'm like, God, this is Downton Abbey, the horror it's, film almost. It's top three. Wicker Man, Lair of the White Worm, and then this movie. Those are... That's the layout for British movies. Oh, Layer of the White Worm. I haven't thought about that thing in forever. And what I love is is that the version that you had, Courtney, that you were watching, <laughs> for some reason, the person on YouTube decided to censor the, <laughs> I don't the know if... fake bloody stump on the ghost's hand, which is so obviously so fake looking when you watch it. There, there were many things that were censored that... I, I don't I don't know if it was like a made for television version. It was coming on whatever BBC Did they show or the something. Uh, well, that's the thing is I saw somebody's whole butt. Uh, I don't remember what scene that was in, but that lady had her whole butt out. Um, 
and I saw that, but I never saw the bloody stump of the hand. I saw the hand, but then there was like, you know, when there's like some schmutz on the camera lens. Yes. Yeah. It looked like that on top of the spot. And then there's a part where a man, um, I, I try and remember what happened. He had some sort of a wound on his face and they covered up some of it, but not all of it. What? Was that just like his birthmark? birthmark? No, it wasn't the birthmark. It wasn't the Play-Doh. We'll talk about that later. Um, but it was uh, a man is either hit in the head or axed in the head or something in the woods. It's about halfway through the movie. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the woodsman. They, yeah, cens- yeah, 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 yeah. they censored the wound shot. Yeah, but they've <laughs> censored the wound shot. But again, not all of it. I God. saw the part near his forehead and near his chin, but I didn't see the stuff in the middle. Did 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 they censor the taking of uh, the corpse out of the grave and and playing whack a mole with it? <laughs> uh, it's a great scene in a movie. <laughs> did I see them play whack a mole with a corpse? <laughs> did they cut that out entirely, or did I just go into a few? The one, the one where it's more like a it's more like a, a crypt. An outdoor crypt. It's like Red Rocks if it in, was a in, crypt. In is the it, rain, in, in, when it, in the rain, like towards the end of the film, when he takes the corpse out of the tomb and just starts oh, yeah. wailing on it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That was there. We should probably start at the beginning because you're probably confusing the hell out of the audience. There's no well, beginning to this movie. There's really no, no beginning no. to this movie. And honestly, the the title has nothing to do with the no. movie whatsoever. Well, for me, it did because as soon as it started, I, I started screaming and I didn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I love these old uh, old flicks like this because like you can see a young so and so is like oh, us before they got their big break you know like Jack Nicholson in the original Little Shop of Horror movie uh, mm. not this one but like no. there are some <laughs> where well we had we had Stephanie Beach before she went to Dynasty and, That's true. and started battling Joan Collins on there and then. And- I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, I'm. I bet you're glad you got Dynasty after doing this yeah. movie <laughs> because yeah, there was, was no the night one of else. A, yeah, this is the night of a hundred Mr. Beans. Is yes. What this movie uh, is. <laughs> well, I did. Uh, I did think that great value James Marsden did a pretty good job. He did. He did. He did a good job. <laughs> you know what? That's mean. I'm not gonna call him great value. I'm gonna call him private selection because that Kroger brand is okay. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Good and gather. You know, and what I love is 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 when um, Peter Cushing finally comes into the movie. It's like, my it's God, like, he was billed at the top, and I was he, like, I, okay, like <laughs> he got top billing in this movie, and he doesn't come in until like the end of the second act. Yeah, he's so in like Google, thirty minutes of this movie. Google has him miss. It, he had they have him miscast in their cast. Because I was wanting to know if I knew anybody else, and I pulled it up, and it showed Peter Cushing's picture, but it not Peter Cushing's name. And I don't remember who oh. it is now, but I spent a, 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 like, like 20 minutes arguing with the TV kind of, kind of having a, <laughs> and, and like a, like an internal, you know, conflict with between screens. Is, is this Peter Cushing or is this movie so insane that this guy looks exactly like Peter Cushing and isn't <laughs> Peter Cushing because it's this movie? Did they Everyone find somebody? in Ben Griffin Castle eventually starts to look exactly like Peter Cushing. <laughs> they, they do. They do. And they're all going to be painted um, on velvet and hung mm-hmm. up in the weird upper hung levels. Hung up in a strange way. Oh, my God. Those yeah. paintings. 
Speaking of which, speaking of which, I love the fact that Fen Griffin uh, Castle was also uh, the castle from Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's just like when I realized that that's what that was, I was just like, God, there needs yeah. to be there, they needed to have a couple more. I mean, because it wasn't when you get down to brass tacks, it wasn't too long after Rocky Horror that the, or too long before Rocky Horror that this thing was filmed. No, it was like yeah. two years or something. It was really mm-hmm. close. Yeah, apparently Amicus used this castle for a lot of their movies, and and um, it was also used in a couple of, ha- of Hammer films also. And then along came Rocky Horror Picture Show, and they're like, no, nah, we're not going to film any more movies at this place. We <laughs> did it here. We found well, the good one. We wrapped it. We Wrap it up, B. We yes. did it. There's uh, just yeah. there's so much going on in this movie, yet at the same time, there's nothing going on. Boy, there's a lot movie. at play, considering nothing happens in this damn flick. Yeah, I'm just like... I'm sitting there and I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting for the tension to ratchet up. And the tension, there is no there tension. Was, there is no tension. Not in this really. I all. did like, though, that uh, the woman's new husband, Private Select, uh, <laughs> James Marsden, saw her. So so they get into this castle. They get married. They have a lovely time. And then she sees a portrait that scares the hell out of her. And he's yes. like, hey, babe, listen, I know you're really upset, but why don't you come and look at this portrait of me? Maybe that'll yeah. make you feel better. Yeah. Ignore the fact that a hand just came out of that portrait. Come look at me. I'm pretty. Yeah, we need to we need a bone. So yeah. stop but looking also, at old creepy Also, they're men. in separate bedrooms. <laughs> we're we're going to be in separate bedrooms, but when when I'm ready to bone, you get into my bed. Yes, I'll, right. I'll see you then. Um, this is where we first see the stump, the cutoff hand. Uh, and my note is, and I quote, why is that stump burned up, blurred out? Is that where it's donger is? <laughs> <laughs> and so for so, the whole rest of the movie, I've decided that the stump has like, uh, is like hanging brain. And that's why they've covered it. Because it can't be the gore, because the gore is not bad. So well, it must be. No, it's we're not, talking about fact, Great Britain. I they mean, care less about boobs than they do about a bloody stump. What kills me is is that that they blurred that, yet they didn't blur the eyeballs being gouged out. Because no, honestly, not. the eyeballs being gouged out was honestly gorier looking than that stupid stump of a hand. I mean, that stupid stump of a hand looked like a Walmart Halloween decoration. Honestly. I was going to say, it gave me spirit Halloween a little bit. Uh. <laughs> but... I mean, yeah, I mean, the basic plot of the story is, is that she she's brought to this castle. Weird shit starts happening to her. She she may or may not have gotten raped by the, the no, hand. She did. Yeah, she did. We, we find out we, she did yeah. get raped by the hand. People, not sure how that works, but yeah, it's neither here nor there. People, people, there are reasons they, they blurred out that stump. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's where I told you. Yeah. That's where his donger is. When. <laughs> When people go to tell her about what's going, what happened about the history of the castle, they mysteriously die, except except for uh, James Marsden. When yes. he tells the story, he doesn't die. He's totally and, fine. It's just the women. The women die. The women die. Yeah. Well, the women, and then that one guy from well, um, that that one guy from two thousand, not two thousand one, but from A Clockwork Orange, he died also. You look like that guy from. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, we find out that there's a curse on the castle because of uh, Herbert Lom being basically the Marquis de Sade of the house. 
in, in in the past. He 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 cannot stress this enough. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Roy. I cannot stress this enough that this is over an hour into a one hour and half movie. Yeah, we fight. We, we start, start learning. This. Nothing happens. Nothing for happens the first hour in this hour. movie. <laughs> Um, so man, that's why I'm totally skipping the first hour of the film. Yeah. All you need to know is that a stump had sex stump with is Stephanie there, A maid gets forks cho- uh, force choked and dies. <laughs> yes, that's it. Um, they don't even really the, talk that much. Like, <laughs> no, it's just basically Stephanie Beecham going, oh, oh, ah. Beecham cries and then she takes and a, a yeah, she takes a and she takes a tiny walk. To an even tinier and very crowded cemetery. Mm-hmm. Gets attacked by a dog. Oh, yeah, oh, the yeah there's straight-up Rottweilers in this, and she just gets attacked by one, and, and it's not important to the movie at all. And by the way, that's apropos of nothing. Yeah. She gets attacked by a dog. She, meet, she meets the um, the forest guy, or whoever the fuck he's supposed to be, on the camp. Oh, you're talking there. about the Port Weinstein that's clearly just Play-Doh on his face. Yeah. Woodsman. The woodsman. The who... woodsman, Yeah. Oh, got into, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got into some Twizzlers. Yes. <laughs> so we find out that he's like a direct descendant of the person who Herbert Long wronged in the past. Uh, the Woodsman. Boy, in a lot of really unnecessary ways, eh? Yeah. yeah. yeah Prima Nocta, that's a thing in this movie that happens. Yeah, it's a thing, man. Yeah, so the his ancestors, um, his mom basically was raped by Herbert Lawn and had the virginity taken. And as punishment for him lashing out against him, he uh, had his hand chopped off and basically put I a saw that. On. They didn't blur that. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Don't know why. It looked okay. <laughs> and he it looked put, okay. It looked okay. <laughs> like medically okay or... <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of looked like, you know, after you shoot a party popper and then you put the like the little ones and then you put it down and there's just kind of like stuff Man. hanging out of the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it's like, like what if like that was all hollow right? when, It's like a Sleepy Hollow when the Headless Horseman does, Horseman does the clean cuts. It just automatically just sears yeah. the, the... And then with like a no string. comes out. Yeah. Uh, it, so... It, you know... He puts uh, a curse. He puts a curse on the family that the first virgin bride that comes back into the house will be basically raped, and uh, the 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 child of the woodcutter will be born that way. And sure enough, Stephanie Beecham is that virgin. Shocking that it was that many hundreds of years before somebody got married in that castle, but whatever. Yeah. Well, what I loved is that they found a very British way to do a your mama joke in there. It's like, well, wait. <laughs> Wasn't your mom a virgin? No, she was divorced. <laughs> the way the way that man reacted, like ah, dip. <laughs> yes. So funny to me. And then, um, and, and then when he finds out that what happened, that's when he takes the corpse of the woodcutter out of the um, yeah grave and like just bashes it up against the crypt. Yeah. Which, by the way, like the woodcutter has that crypt. Like it's an above ground dealy, like like Treated that with that, reverence. Yeah, there's a reverence there. Yeah, of a kind. Yeah, I was just like, wow, he got star treatment in there. <laughs> in that, and what I love is like while he's doing that, Peter Cushing is just standing in the rain watching him with his just look like on his solemn. Just like yes, <laughs> he has this look of face of dull surprise on his face, 
And then it cuts to the next scene. It's like, yes, we need to have the police come and take him away because he is armed and dangerous. Yeah, he's armed with a corpse. I mean, he's, yes. he's corpse armed. By the way, kudos to this movie for one thing. And that is recognizing that mental health is health in a movie yes. that was supposed to be based in the 1600s or whatever. Yes. But like, they took it there. <laughs> it, was very, it was very pro-mental health awareness, yes. It, it really, really was. was. Like, I was shocked. I'm like, are we really doing this? Is, is this going to be a thing where uh, Peter Cushing's is like, uh, we, need to, we need to use our I statements? All right. <laughs> Let's use our I statements. I uh, love now, that it was mansplaining to the James Marsden character what mental health was also. I was like, you go, yeah, shove it down his throat. Peter Cushing invented mental health. He's the first yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> first guy to talk about it. No, so I about to be Grand Marth Tarkin after he discusses boundaries. Yeah, yes. Like, you can't enter my house without my permission, and you can't go past running water. And mm-hmm. uh, this cross is going to really, really fuck you up. You know, those kind of boundaries. Dracula yeah. boundaries. Um, now, I did have... I'm going to Van Helsing your ass. That's right. I had a real question. Oh, no. So, so they're very concerned about her mental health. Yeah. And they know these horrible things are happening to her. At absolute worst, they know that she's having a psychotic break, right? Even if none sure. of this stuff is real. And so they put her to bed so that she can rest and hopefully get some sleep. And then they go to another floor of the building where it will take them a long time to get back to her if she needs them quickly. Well, not only did it take a long time for them to get back to her quickly, but on this other floor, they kind of started talking shit about her. They really do. <laughs> <laughs> We need to get far enough away. These walls are can't have, can't have her hearing us, hearing us talk shit about her. We're, we're going to be pro-mental health, but boy, are we going to talk smack about you behind your back. Dude, I've By got a way. great idea. I have this super cool room. Huge globe. Come see this my giant huge globe. globe. Just <laughs> Come, leather everywhere. <laughs> Come ponder my orb as we talk yeah. smack. <laughs> I need to back, orb. I need to back up a little bit. Oh, I would love to. I need to back up to when they're trying to figure out the curse of the castle. Okay. And he, I believe it's he, because he, he is trying to figure out the curse of the castle. Or was it she? No. One she, of, well, no, she was she was doing the research on sex with a demon. Yeah, but was it her that went to the maid and was like, something's happening? Can yeah. you clue me in? Yes. Okay, and, uh-huh. because what happens next is the wildest thing in this movie to me, and that is that she's like, well... I can let you in on a little secret. And you're like, okay. And then she goes behind the bookshelf and pulls out a copy of the witch's hammer. And is like, <laughs> here is the worst, most vile book in the history of the world. We got it hiding behind a few other books up here, but it's been here my entire time here. It I haven't told shit easy. to anybody, but it's cool. Go ahead and just leave it out to these wood cuttings of the devil running a train on a virgin. We'll just leave it sit here. Yes. Uh, I believe that book also has um, my new resume subtitle in it because there is a passage in that book that talks about a blue meager hag. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's why your voice is going. That's it. It's because I've taken on that moniker. I am now really working it. Hag. Blue meager <laughs> hag. That's going to be the name of Jinx Monsoon's next album. <laughs> I was going to say, is Pete Yorn releasing a new album that I don't know about? <laughs> But what I love is that the, the twist ending that we see a mile coming is when she does give birth to the child, 
it's a reincarnation of the woodcutter. Uh, baby's uh, got Play-Doh all over his face. I mean, yeah. he's so obviously Keep just... the Twizzlers away from the child. <laughs> they, they rolled out those Starbursts and just smacked it on that baby's face. ran on that poor baby. Why, did, why was it so pink? I just can't. I'm not I'm not trying to say like people with birthmarks or but it it's so not the right color. It was Barbie pink. I've never seen a Barbie pink birthmark. No, before. never. If I'm wrong. How's I've about instead How's about instead of getting uh, the therapist to come down and check her out, why don't you um get a doctor to come see check the birthmarks out, yo? Like <laughs> yes. Like yeah. an actual medical professional. Yeah, they could, they could be something else besides a birthmark. But yeah. what I love is 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 when Stephanie Beecham is re, is trying to grab and look for the fake hand that they've obviously planted on the baby, and she's struggling in the film. It's it's almost like they did it with one take, and they're like, "No, just keep it. It'll add suspense." Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> fine. <laughs> and then and then what also kills me is it's like the most laziest ripoff of rosemary's baby i've ever seen where she realized yeah where, where she realizes who the baby is and she's just like eh! and then peter <laughs> cushing like brings the baby back to her and suddenly she's like what what baby ah ah i'm having my break i'm having my mental break yes come on she caviezel cries through an hour of 30 minutes of this movie just just dewy eyed every scene Oh, this movie. They were Shoot. right up in her grill the whole time. Yeah, uh, we got the close-ups. I I would like to give her a we, we're talking, you know, we're in award season here. <laughs> the close-ups of her when she throws that bottle out, she finds that bottle and she throws it out into the woods and then she runs back and the bottles there. And then mm. there's like I don't know, 90 uninterrupted seconds of her just making a progression of faces. <laughs> yeah, she, she works face in she this movie. mugs is so she much did, in this movie. She did all the feelings. My favorite <laughs> is the uh, New Jack Swing um, looking out a window when it's raining that she does in that reading room. Oh, yeah. for, for, for multiple minutes of this film, she was, is staring out of a stained glass window. You're just waiting for a baby face song to kick in yes, out of exactly. nowhere. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's very Celine Dion in 1992. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All by myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did have one problem immediately one. before. And again, we're 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 kind of jumping all over at this point, but we we really the audience got the gist of what this movie is. Yeah. Nothing. A man gets his hand chopped off in the past, and then he suddenly has curse powers, and then a lady has a baby with a birthmark. Uh, <laughs> that's the movie. But when they – so in the past, this woodsman who has curse powers gets his, – his wife is sorely violated, and then he goes out and starts to chop wood. Or maybe I'm convinced I'm – conv- two characters because it's the same guy that plays the reincarnation or whatever yeah it's just i'm convinced that, guy. That, that he's just like reincarnated through time yes uh i can't remember which one it is <laughs> he's the doctor he's the yeah. doctor um which leads me to questions about what happens to the 
guy when the baby's born, but whatever. Well, it's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> but they approach him while he's chopping wood, and the wood he's chopping is just like a little stick. Yeah, it's a twi- It is. It is. A, like, it is twig. a stick that your dog would bring home. Yeah, I I am not strong. I am no Louisa from Encanto, but I could have broke that stick. <laughs> and he has a whole axe and he's putting it on the stump and chopping it into these little pieces under the surface it's under the surface it it is it is we've all done it everybody that's listening all three of us have been in a situation that we had to walk away from because we were very upset and we just did a thing way too hard Mm. probably having to do with food Courtney, you've probably it, diced an onion the way that guy was chopping. That's <laughs> probably true. <laughs> uh, it's definitely true. But I just saying, he he uh, he had been through some shit, and yeah, this was his way of coping. Been, yeah, mm-hmm. it was not this good. Is, this was his coping mechanism was just to just I gotta, I gotta just chop whales, just a there whale were, on a stick. <laughs> there were a ton of logs that needed to be chopped. Nope, stick. No, I Yeah, it wasn't for a purpose. He wasn't doing it to have wood to burn a fire. Nope. That 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 was his stress room. Yeah. Yeah. He he was taking it out of the stick. So I got one last question to ask about this movie. Because it's obvious this title has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. Less than nothing. After watching the movie, what do you think is an appropriate title for this film? I don't know. <laughs> like, well, the first of the movie let me know that this was based on a book called Fen Griffin, and that seems even less apt, even though that is the name of the castle. Yeah, but we only right. hear her say Fen Griffin once, it, and it that's at the like, very yeah. beginning of the movie when she's when she's doing the narration that's never revisited in this movie. <laughs> really, really strange. Go with um, me. Go with me on this. Okay. I'm excited. All right. I'm going to say this, and then I'm not going to accept any questions about it. I just want okay. you to know that. Let's call All it right. Fern Gully. Let's call it Fern Gully. Fern Gully? <laughs> Fern Gully. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I mean, I, 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 of course, you know, suggested stump rate based on the novel Push by Sapphire. God. But... I don't know how they're going to fit that on the poster, but it's pretty good. <laughs> I I like it. Um. I mm, I don't have a good one because, because there isn't one. <laughs> there isn't one. There's so I I've I've been thinking about this, but because there is shockingly little dialogue in this movie, I there's nothing to grab onto. It's like yeah, trying it's to just, climb up sand. a sheer. <laughs> Other than the fact that she got raped by a stump, I mean. I do like I, I was a fan of and I guarantee you they just bloodied up thing from the Adams family at some point. But <laughs> the hand was pretty good. Like, uh-huh. like uh, there I was mean, a funny moment with the blurs. I think they <laughs> they artfully used the blur in one shot to cover bad special effects as well. Uh, was there. Was there a shot, and I think this is when she is attacked by the hand at the first of the movie. Was there a shot where you can, like, see a bunch more of the hand than you're supposed oh. to? You mean, like, where you see the uh, the person's hand? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, because in one of the shots, the blur was like really big. <laughs> oh, so yeah, it was covering up the their obvious mistake. Flaw. Yeah, it was covering up the obvious flaw in the effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we hadn't at this point in the '70s, they hadn't gotten to the technology yet, like we have in the Adams Family movies, where it could look like a disembodied hand is walking. Well, I thought it might have been a, a mechanical. Hand. Yeah, or like yeah, like those little rats. Yeah. Exactly. Like those little rats. Yeah, little battery-operated rats. <laughs> you know, like those rats. <laughs> Just those rats. Chucking them at people on the fire. This movie so, sucked. So <laughs> I was going to say, would you recommend this movie? Or? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. no. I don't recommend it either. Even though I own it in the Amicus box set, that's the only reason why I have it is because I bought off of Severin Video this box set of Amicus movies, and it was one of the movies that are in there. And I'll let you know, it is probably the least enjoyable movie in that box set. Yeah, no, I got be... some suggestions because... if you want gothic horror movies that aren't this. Yes. You've got other great ones in there, like the like because in the in the box set we've got uh, the uh, the movie Asylum. We've got The Beast Must Die, which is a, a funny take on werewolf movies. Then we've got the classic Tales from the Crypt movie in there also. And then and now the screaming starts just sticks out like a sore thumb in this box set. So you're saying that there were good movies that you could have picked. <laughs> and you went out of your way to find the worst one for Oh, hey, we got to start 2024 some way. <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey, listen, when we get to my pick, you guys. Is it as bad as this? I don't know. <laughs> I just, just just to give a sneak preview on our next episode, I find it very funny that Andy may have chose the best of the three for us to watch yeah. this month. I'm telling you. <laughs> I think that's highly likely. I always choose the best of the three. You just don't have the taste to appreciate Fist of the North Star the way I do. <laughs> So before we get to the announcement of one of the first three movies that we're doing for February, and plus also what February's theme is, uh, in March, we're going to have our second annual Rubenstein Awards. And this yes. time, we got Courtney involved with the Rubensteins here. I am so uh, excited. So these are the categories this year oh, for the for the Rubenstein Awards. I, I can already see roar all over this thing, but... I mean, it's the, the, it's the air, it's the Oppenheimer of our movie. It really is. It is the the bear of. Yeah, it's going to sweep. All yeah. right. It's the bear. Yeah. The, so in other words, when you say it's the bear, it's the it's it's the movie that's nominated for best comedy, even though it's not a comedy. Correct. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because if yeah. you ask Tippi Hedren in the Cats of Shambhala, she thinks this is a fun family comedy. Yes. So here's our categories. So our categories are best film experience, okay. worst mm-hmm. film experience. Can we nominate the same movie for both? Yeah, I think, I think we can. <laughs> um, My best still has it unpuckered from Roar, so I don't get to say it's great. Since, I'll since, never recover. Since we had a couple moments you. like this this season, we have a new category, best film revisit. Okay. Yeah, we did have like six or seven, didn't we? Yep. Uh, best performance in a film by an actor, best performance in a film by an actress, 
worst performance in a film by an actor and worst performance in a film by an actress. All four of those categories go to Bloodface the Lion. (laughs) (laughs) All of them. Most what-the-fuck moment. Best song in a film we heard. They're all roar. Why are we even doing the Rufus? <laughs> uh, a moment where you had to back it up and rewatch the segment. Uh-huh. The most unexpected moment of uh-huh. the best villain. Yep. And finally, the moment you wish you could unsee. Mm. I mean, I do think I could fill every one of those categories with the roar movie. I do. Yes. <laughs> Easily. It's going to be hard to not do that. So is, is so do, is is it possible that Roar is a new benchmark for our show? I think it, <laughs> it is. might be. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely in the in the upper echelons. Like it it, it goes into if we had like a if if you were ma- if you were playing this as The Sims and you build a mausoleum in the basement mm-hmm. of your house to kill your Sims off, um, <laughs> this would be statues. Like we would have like Justice League statues to like kiss, mm-hmm. Roar, you know, twice dead. Uh, Twice dead Bermudos would be down there now. Bad Ben. Bad. Oh, oh. I got to get into Bad Ben. I never and, even and, thought about Courtney watch and, Bad Ben. And the oh, thing that shit. would be great, the thing that would be great about the Bad Ben one is the Bad Ben one. When you walk by it, you all of a sudden hear yeah. him go, Ash. God, God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Um, and Colt Cinema Catacombs is if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, we are going to be. At Alcon this year, um, well, probably just Courtney and I, if Courtney is still awake, because for some reason, <laughs> the powers that be at Alcon this year decided that Colt Cinema Catacombs was going to be the after midnight track. I mean, do you not know why? Come oh, on. Because <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> they so, got our number. Todd's Tom, got our number. All right. Yeah. They know. So we're going to have um, a little presentation where I'm going to show a little bit of a clip show of, of some of the most what the fuck moments that we've had on this show from the movies. So you get to see some of those clips. Um, we'll also be hosting a, a trailer park kind of presentation of uh, movie trailers of, of genre cinema. And then I'm excited about this one on the Friday night of all con. Um, I'll be showing a 4K scan. God bless. Someone did a 4K scan of this of Meet the Feebles. God. Meet the Feebles. Put me yes. on a projector on Saturday. I'll yeah. stay I'll on the time I, I wait, purposely I'll bought a projector up. for this. So. Put me on the projector on Saturday. I'll come <laughs> hang out. I'll do it for my office. But uh, yeah, and I love the fact that I I love the fact that Meet the Feebles that Peter Jackson has still made Meet the Feebles and Bad Taste available in the public domain so that more people can see it. Yeah. And I also love the fact that thanks to the Muppets Mayhem last year, Meet the Feebles is now canon in the Muppet universe. I absolutely confirm because there's a whole fat ass scene in the movie about. Where they when they meet Peter Jackson because because Peter Jackson's going to be directing a documentary about the mayhem, and they're like, yeah, we haven't seen you since we met up with the feeble people, <laughs> and Peter Jackson's like, yeah, funny story, two <laughs> two of them are in hiding, the rest are all dead. <laughs> wow. So meet the feebles and the Muppets have met at one point, which is a movie I want to see now. 
I, yeah, I, yeah, I'd watch I that. See the Muppets, I want to see the Electric Mayhem meeting the Feebles now. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. So, Peter Jackson, get on that. I mean, come on, Disney, do it. You know, it'll be a ratings bonanza. Yeah, I would seriously though. Let's figure out a way to get me get me on an iPad up in there. No, I'll, I'll hang out. I'll figure it you. out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll hang out. I'll stay up Saturday night. I don't give a and shit. The thing is, is I, I've watched the 4K scan of Meet the Feebles, and I'm actually I've actually seen details I've never seen before in the movie. That's so, some some of that is a good thing, and and a lot of that is a bad thing. <laughs> uh, so I'm just like, ooh, some movies deserve to be grainy, and Meet the Feebles <laughs> is one of those movies. <laughs> Maybe we should walk this back a little. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that we have a presence at Alcon. It's our favorite place. They Thanks. wouldn't let me do my steampunk thing there. I get it. So I'm just gonna stay home. All right. I I wanted to mad. put I wanted to glue cogs on shit, and they just wouldn't give me the space. But but you hey, had to gonna... add, you just had to tell them why. If you had yeah. just told them why you were putting the gears on the things and what the gears were for, they would have let you do it. But you couldn't but answer that. That question. breaks a covenant that I can't. I made you know, a promise. You know, Andy, you could still come for TaylorCon. I might. If I was coming, if I if I could afford the plane fare and the hotel stay, <laughs> I would way, go to TaylorCon. I'd By probably way, dip I, in. I I hope somebody gets photos of this so you can see it, Courtney. I'm looking at you. Um, a new iterate, uh, an old yet new iteration of Jaster is going to be appearing at Alcon. I got Jaster's old face back, so I'm reverting back to old school Jaster. However, in celebration of the TaylorCon aspect of Alcon, I'm going to be appearing as Taster. Um, I bought a Taylor Swift wig. Nice. I love it. To, that I'm going to be wearing with the Jaster face. Great. I am already looking. For a chief's muumu for you to wear, <laughs> a giant cardigan, like a huge a, cardigan, a huge cardigan. You could live in it, but you're gonna wear it as taster. That's what right. I would love is that if there's anybody here who I seriously doubt it, but if there's anybody in the game show that are, are Taylor Swift fans, see me come out. They're gonna be trying to decode. What I'm saying. Yeah, what's your next album drop? <laughs> it's like, oh, what era is this? Oh, my. You know. It's the new one. It's snake emoji, snake emoji, snake emoji. <laughs> She's doing a Halloween era. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so weird. So. Why are we like this? <laughs> so, so for the month of February, um, I, I came up with a theme for us, and I'm really curious to see what everyone has selected for this theme. Uh, I selected us to do unconventional musicals and by unconventional musicals, it's like not your typical musical like Oklahoma or Sound of Music or something like that. Something that's outside of the box. I mean, it it could be a subject matter that shouldn't be a musical, but it is. Um, It could be a musical where you have pre-recorded music or just dance numbers or anything like like believe it or not flash dance is classified as a musical okay and that's what gave birth to this idea because when i found that out i was like wait what and yeah sure enough flash dance is officially classified as a musical of the 80s and i'm like sure whatever (laughs) so footloose which turns 40 this year is classified as a musical also 
And so that's why I was like, okay, this would be interesting because there are a lot of unconventional musicals out there where either people do sing in it or people don't sing. They just dance or whatever. And I'm really curious to see what you guys bring to the forefront. And I want to apologize for my pick in advance. (laughs) Um, So, Courtney, we're going to have you reveal on this episode what your pick is. So I'm actually really excited about this. Uh, because I am a musical theater nerd. It is my love. And I have chosen a movie made back in 2006 of a musical that has been around for a long time. I'm not even sure how old the musical is. But they turned this lovely 1950s pulp story into a film starring RuPaul Charles. This is a movie called Zombie Prom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Sure either of y'all would have heard of it or not yet. Uh, but it is basically what if Greece, but also all of the horror stories that people in the 50s got told about the atomic age came true, all mushed together. Okay. Wow. So we have... Uh, our lead, uh, Toffee, who is a good girl, and she meets Johnny without the H, who is a bad boy from the wrong side of the tracks, and they fall in love. And it said it's it's very, very Grease in that way, which is very uh, conventional. But then Johnny without the H, I'm not going to spoil why, has some feelings and rides off into the night on his motorcycle and ends up falling into the local nuclear reactor. Like you do, all the time. And Yes, and it doesn't stop him. He comes back as a zombie and goes back to Enrico Fermi High, which is the name <laughs> of the <laughs> Wow, that's great. And chaos ensues. And our uh, villainous, very uptight principal is played by none other than RuPaul. <laughs> okay. I've just found it on YouTube. It's available oh, yeah. on YouTube. Wow, it's only 36 minutes long. Yeah, it's pretty short. It's pretty okay. short, but it is worth it. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'll post the link then in our uh, Discord. Discord, by the way, folks. We have Discord now where we Woo! show movies once a month. So if you want to watch the movies that we're watching, it's in the movies for the show thread. Yeah. So, Which is especially for us because we'll have to tell each other what movies we're watching like 13 times. Yeah. Yes. Because our, our group chat is so wild that there's no way you can find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish there was a way. I guess the Discord is our way now to like yeah. file away our links. So that yes. we can just go to yeah, so we can find them. That was my thing. I was like, we have to have a way to do this because I – we will talk about something for 12 hours straight. Mm-hmm. And I mean 12 mm-hmm. hours straight. It'll be hundreds of messages. <laughs> I'll look at my phone after like a half hour of not looking at my phone, and there will be like 25 messages that I have missed from this group chat. Mm-hmm. And then so you I see a message pop it. up that says like, okay, where's the link to Roar again? Yeah. And then Roy has to wake up to Courtney and I. And I <laughs> Courtney has to wake up to Roy and I. I am the binder. For yeah, this group chat, I we're all on I'm very slightly different schedules, and so there is a chunk where it's all three of us, but then there is a chunk where it's just two of us rotating. I am I I played the dead center. I'm up early. I stay up late. I'll I'll catch I'll catch whatever fastballs Courtney's throwing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I'll, should... I'll 
it'll take Roy to batting practice at midnight. Like, let's go. I'm here. Well, you should be excited, Courtney, because I am not aware of this musical at all. I, I, oh, my I, goodness. I, I thought you were joking when you said it was uh, based off of a musical. Then I saw, no, it was an off-Broadway musical. And I'm like, oh, my God, am I about to discover another Bat Boy the musical here with this? Kind well, of. I'm, I'm excited. They need to make that into a movie. If they oh, made that into a movie, I'd be so God. Bat Boy the musical needs at least filmed in some way because it's such yes. a phenomenal show. I'm available. <laughs> Bat Boy is one of the most underappreciated musicals of the 2000s. It needs to come back. It really does. So good. And it actually really has a lot of that. You can kind of see where uh, I think it's Lawrence O'Keefe who did Bat Boy kind of took like, okay, this is zombie prom is kind of like taking on the 50s and making it funny and campy and horror. What if I did that with the 80s? And then he went and he did it and he made a masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh. I'm excited to watch Zombie Prom with y'all. Uh, fun fact, it was the first musical I ever directed. Ah, so it's got a special connection with y'all. It does. I love it. Sweet. All righty. So that's the first of the three non-traditional musicals that we will be doing in the month of February. And I thank everybody so much for tuning in uh, to hear us talk about our first film of the year, which is a film we cannot recommend. Uh, don't see it. Don't. So, so don't seek it out. It's not worth it. We cannot uh, not recommend it enough. <laughs> <laughs> we and, watched it, so you don't have to. Exactly. So tune in next time as we discuss one of the biggest flops in cinema history. Cutthroat Island. Let's go. I got your balls. Ha, 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 ha.